boom, coming in hot, Chinchy. How are you doing, hot. brother? Good, man. Monday mornings are always, whew. plus this time of year, yeah. dude, this time of year when it's that little crisp in the air and you wake up in your bed and it's all like warm. Dark. Uh, don't yeah. want to get up, but you got to get so up for the dark, mayor's dude. office. The mayor's dude, office never night. sleeps, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, last, last night, I, you ever do that where you like get up to go to the bathroom and you're like, uh-oh, and I'm up. Wide awake. Oh. It's the worst. Like three in the morning. Go to the bathroom. I come back and I'm like, "Oh boy." Ugh. What do you do? Do you just try to close your eyes or do you like read something? I went into my daughter's room. She has like two beds in there, and she was like, "Dad, what are you doing?" I was like, "I'm coming in here to sleep." Like, because I, because <laughs> I, I, it really does work if you change the environment. Really. So if you just try to get back in your bed for like, I, I was already, I was already grinding for an hour and a half. It was like four thirty. Oh. I'm like, the only shot I have to get back to bed is to change the environment. So I just went into, <laughs> went into her bed. Different comfort, or you know, different her room, yeah. and I, I fell, I end up falling asleep like at five. So you have so many hacks, you have so many life hacks. That's a good one. Now I know, yeah, I'm, I'm good one. Yeah. That, dude, that works. That one works. If you literally just change, go downstairs, get on the couch, do something, you'll, you'll, yeah. your brain goes to this different place. Uh, I'm with it, you. At least for me, it works. You should try it. <laughs> I'm gonna try it. By the way, if we're a little subdued today, it's because the rest of our families are all asleep. We got up early to do this. I know, dude. My, my dude, I didn't realize my kids don't have school today. Oh. <laughs> My daughter upstairs. I'm like, and I'm always like preaching. Sleep. Right, good. Got to get, you know, yeah. at least ten hours. She's up there just like a little kitten in the corner. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. yeah. All right. So this will be like the smooth, smooth jazz episode of the mayor's <laughs> office. Jazz. Let's get it's let's get started, jazz. dude. We got game three tonight. A uh, couple couple stats I found that are pretty cool. Uh, in a best of seven series that's tied one one, such as this one, yeah. the winner of the third game. Has won sixty eight of ninety eight World Series, sixty nine percent. So if you win this game, wow. odds are you have a sixty nine percent chance to win the World Series. That's intense. I bet those odds go up too if the road team wins that game. I don't know if they do that. Oh yeah, oh, right. Gosh. Another stat: You said Altuve is getting hot, right? How about career in career in Philly, eleven for thirty six. So he likes hitting there. Wow. The other storyline that was very interesting to me: Syndergaard gets a start. For Philly, right? It has been seven years since he pitched in World Series Game 3. Remember that where he threw over, uh, what's his name, the leadoff hitter's head? And they, they almost got into oh, a yeah. fight with Kansas City. Oh, dude, right. you know you know what night that was? Hold on. That was a night where your ear, your earpiece your earpiece didn't work at the World Series, and you had that Thor hat when he came on, oh, yeah. and you couldn't talk to us. Do you remember that? Dude, I had the Thor hat. And I had it on the wrong way, and I was sitting next. I was sitting next to Syndergaard on the set. I had my Thor hat on, and I'm like, and he's like, "Man, you got it on the wrong way." Meanwhile, he's one of the most awkward interviews. Like, is he? You know, he's just not. A, he's not a great interview. Yeah. And obviously, it was my first time interviewing, so I'm like, I got this Thor hat on. My my earpiece doesn't work. I can't hear you guys. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, this is failures feedback. Don't ever do this again. <laughs> That's good. Wait, did I have more stats? No. Oh, wait, I got more stats. You want more stats before we get going here? Uh, yeah. Let's see. The betting line has Houston at a negative 135, meaning you risk 135 bucks. You want $100, so they think Houston's going to win this game. Okay, what else we got here? Uh, I have one other cool stat here. Oh, over-under. What do you think the over-under and runs is in this game? Over-under and runs? Combined. Uh, Seven? Seven and a half? Close. They're saying eight. So, well, I guess first eight. question, is it going to be over eight runs scored or less than eight runs scored? Oh, hey, Stu. 
I think you got McCullers and Syndergaard, who are the number three starters. I mean, this is where you, you know, it, they obviously both have great stuff mm-hmm. and shut you down, but, you know, they're number three for a reason because your number ones are, are fuel. Right. There's been some, you know, there's, uh, I think when you when you look back at the, you know, game one, 11 runs are scored, seven in game two. Mm-hmm. Fran Valdez dominated. Dominated. So I'm saying, I, if I'm looking at this at this line, I'm, I think there's probably more than eight runs scored. All right, that's good to know. Uh, here we go. What else do we got here? Oh yeah, I sports. Told you, I told you about Altuve, dude. I mean, you, yeah, you get a guy get that's get a guy that's cold. That's a three hundred hitter. He's about to get hot. And yeah. He let off that game two with that big double to start the game, and all of a sudden, got the engines going. You know what I mean? They, yeah. They, you know, Valdez and then Bregman came up big, and mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. It was like they hit you, hit you hard, hit you fast. Yeah, they really did. They got ahead of that one. So, to, and by the yeah. way, they got ahead hard in both games. You forget the Philly. Had to make that comeback. Uh, oh, yeah. How about this for hot? Bryce Harper's entire postseason. Here's a slash line. 392, 426, 804. He's got five homers. He has six doubles. And he has 11 runs scored in the postseason, wow. dude. That's an, wow. that's that's a superstar stepping it up, right? Hey, bro. This is where the big boys come out and play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get to the World Series, you need your stars to be stars. Yeah. You're seeing that with the Phillies. You know, yes, you're seeing that are. we've seen with the Astros too. Look at Bregman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Bregman and you know Alvarez, Altuve now with the big game two. You know that's that yeah, could yeah. be huge for the rest of the series. You know what I mean? So like, you know, Romuto, he's a star. You know, Schwarber almost hit two home runs the other night. You see that the other night he crushed yes. one foul. Yep, yep. He called it fair, but it was just foul. And mm-hmm. then in his last at bat, he crushed one like one inch from the from going out again. So. Yeah. I mean, very, very interesting matchup. Do you still say Astros in six? I do. Yeah. I just still feel the – listen, I love the Phillies. Mm-hmm. I love this team. I love Bryce Harper. I love all those guys. You know, Schwarbs. You know, I love how Hoskins plays, Romuto. They're just – it looks like a really fun team. It looks like, you know, they keep they keep saying, like, our chemistry is off the charts. <clears throat> we love each other so much. There's so many great things going on in the clubhouse. And mm-hmm. You can tell. So it's a team you want to root for. I just feel like the the, the the Astros are – I felt that way in the middle of the year. I'm like, boy, this, this team is built to win it this year. Like, there's something about them. So even for the Astros to come back after losing that game one, being up 5 nothing. Mm-hmm. And losing six five in extra innings with that real muto home run, you know. Yep. I look and I'm like, they came back in game two and they threw a couple punches and right away. It just they're a good team. They're not a team that they're not gonna go away. So it's gonna be it could be the Astros in seven. Mm. But it's I still think the Astros are gonna win it. That's good. Here's one other stat that's a little telling. So <laughs> these are great, man. Man, these the best the best analytics you could get at any sport. Are the gambling guys? These guys like their numbers are big crunches. <laughs> so Houston is sixteen and five with only with one day off between games in the post in oh this entire season in twenty twenty two. The Phillies coming in off an off day are eleven and nine this season. <laughs> Does that mean anything to you, or you just think that's whatever? I think it's just fun stats. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> it is it's fun. fun. It's fun stats. I think that one of the biggest things is. Philadelphia in the World Series, those fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, Houston was incredible. The energy was incredible. Yeah, but these guys. There's are something get about nuts. Philly during the regular season that's different. Yeah, you know what I mean, there's going to be a different vibe there. There's, I mean, I, you know, I feel like there's 
a legit home field advantage in Philly. Yeah. That stadium, just like City Field, it's it's the same build, the same designer, same designs. Dude, those fans yeah. get on top of you in a postseason. Yeah, well, they're right there, bro. They're yeah. right there. They're like, I just had a cheesesteak and four beers. And, <laughs> <laughs> you suck. You suck. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, one of my bit, this is one of like my most surreal memories in my career. So our first year at the World Series at MLB, uh, we drove down to Philly. We weren't going to go to the World Series, but Philly was there, so they were like, screw it. We don't have to send anybody on planes, so we all drove from Jersey to, to those first two games. And I'll never forget where it was, like, electric before the game, and I'm standing on next to the uh, set on the field, and it's, like, you know, 20 minutes to game time when you start feeling that energy and whatever. And I look over, and lighters on the set. And the song that was most popular, this was 2009, when the Yankees beat the Phillies. Wait, was that the Yankees? Yeah, yeah, Yankees-Phillies. I look over and Al Leiter's just sitting there dancing, singing along with every word to Miley Cyrus's uh, Party in the USA. And I was just like, I was like, I guess he's got daughters. How the hell does he know every word to this song? But I'll, just, I'll never forget that visual. He's a closet Miley fan. Yeah. That's the other thing. We, we worked with some guys who, who uh, I mean, at the time, we worked with Mitch Williams. Dude, those guys are treated like gods in Philadelphia. If you can win... Get to the World Series. Like, these guys are gods forever in Philly now, right? Yeah. It's almost like when... Get to the World Series in Philly, yeah. Even to- even Tommy, man. Yeah. Tommy was there only a few years. They love him in Philly. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? He hit bombs. But dude, nah, he bombs, dude. He hit bombs. Yeah. How about this stat right here? Yuli Gurriel worked a 10th inning walk in game one of the World Series on Friday night. Or... Yuli's K-list streak and other numbers to watch for game oh, three. Oh, this is fun. Was. He said... Gurriel enters game three on Monday night, having gone 13 for 38 with two homers and one walk and no strikeouts and 39 plate appearance. Mm-hmm. Eighth longest streak to begin a postseason in MLB history. Yeah, he's like he's like the El Duque of offensive players. Like, remember El Duque would go like 11 and 9 during the regular season yeah. as a pitcher, and then he was like one of the greatest <laughs> postseason pitchers of all Dominate, time? Dominate, yeah. Dude, like I think... Mark, Mark, Mark Lemke. Remember Mark Lemke? Yes. Oh, my God. He'd be like, this guy's a utility player. Played, you know, but then all of a sudden he'd come out, he's like Babe Ruth in the postseason. You're like, <laughs> yeah, what that's the? so fun. That's like the year the uh, the year the, uh, the Red Sox finally got over the top against the Yankees. It wasn't necessarily as much. I mean, it was, of course, like all the big guys. But uh, who was a second baseman that was hitting all those bombs for, for the Red Sox that year? Uh, the Bellhorn? Oh, Bellhorn, Bellhorn, Mark yeah. Bellhorn, yeah, yeah. Or was it, no, or, yeah, yeah, it was Bellhorn, or or, or uh, B- Billy Miller too. Billy Miller too, yeah. That's you know, it's funny. Like there was like, there's always one guy every year. There's one guy who who becomes like that difference maker who was not like one of the guys you've been talking about all year. Remember like, uh, like the '78 Yankees were, in, were were supposed to lose that World Series because Willie Randolph got hurt, and so they didn't have their best second baseman, who's like one of their team leaders, their two hitter, and Brian Doyle came in and had like the greatest World Series. Greatest postseason of all time. Like, it's it's usually guys that aren't your you know that you have your stars doing their thing, but then you always have another you know yeah. role player that becomes a star in the postseason. It's yeah. crazy. How about this, Chinch? Real quick, most consecutive plate. We go back to Yuli Gurriel oh, go, go, yeah, with, the, uh, yeah. with the no strikeout. Most consecutive plate appearances begin a postseason without a strikeout. Joey Cora had fifty one. Eckstein had 50 in 2006. That's He stole my MVP, right? my World Series MVP, Dave. I know you stole it. That's right. So, you know, because the Cardinals won. Oh, but God. Gurriel had 48. Mm-hmm. And if you go down, dude, in 1981, 
Dusty Baker, 46. That's what we were talking about, Dusty Baker, And, and bro, bro, listen to this. I remember having a conversation with Bake one time, and he told me about Hank Aaron. Go back and look at Hank Aaron's uh, strikeouts. He barely struck mm-hmm. out, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess back then, guys hated striking out. And, like, you know, I mean, nowadays, they obviously it doesn't matter. But back then, it did. Like, if you struck out 100 times, you're like, dude, you got to clean that up. Mm-hmm. But Hank Aaron was, like, Dusty Baker's mentor when he came to the big league. And if wow. you go back and look at 7, 715, Dusty Baker's on deck. Right. When he hits when he hits the big home run or 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 when he hits the home I don't yeah when he hits 715 I believe Dusty Baker's on on young Dusty Baker it's number crazy. 12 but Bake used to tell me that Hank Aaron coached him like hey man you got to put the ball in play two strikes spread out choke up do whatever you have put the ball in play so it's funny to see Bake there at 46 mm-hmm. knowing that Hank Aaron yeah was such a big influence on him like hey not striking out putting the ball in play wow so, Incredible. by the way, at 73 years old, Baker has a chance to become the oldest manager to win a World Series ever. You know who You know who has it? Has that? Jack, Jack McKeon. Yep, you got it. 72 2000, with the Marlins. 2003. 2003. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And Dude, I just, I just, I just, it's funny you said that. Jack McKeon, such a big part of my, my career, man. Like, it was yeah. literally, I owe him a lot. For those first three years in the big leagues, they traded for me over there. Casey McKeon, his son, was my scout. Wow. There's a scout that drafted me, right? Yeah. So the other day, I, you know, when I posted that picture of my dad and I, yeah. Casey and I were texting back and forth, and then he he called me. We had a great conversation. We hadn't nice. talked in a while. And I was wondering how Jack was doing because, dude, you, you said 2003, he was yeah. – he thought he was like 90, 72. <laughs> yeah. He goes to church every morning. Oh, no And he, wa- he used to walk like six miles a day. Seriously, I'm not wow. kidding. Wow, good for He goes to ma- mass every morning. And and you used to walk, you know, six miles a day. So I was like, you know, I haven't talked to Jack in a while. I got to give him a call. I was thinking that. And I was like, how's Jack doing? Because, you know, and he was like, well, I just want to tell you, 10 years ago, Jack had major open heart surgery. Oh. And he's still kicking butt. That's great. That's a great story So I told my dad, so Jack's you. like 92 now. I told my dad wow. the other day about about Jack. And he's like, he was like, Jack McKeon's my inspiration. And like to, you know, to get back on the you know, road to hell. So that is great. Thanks Jack for still inspiring the Casey household. That you is know, awesome. Even all these years later, dude, he's like, he, he, Casey said they just went out to Arizona. He and they were scouting the Arizona fall league. Both of them, yeah. Jack and Casey flew out there from, from North Carolina. So yeah. pretty cool. You know, it's interesting. Actually, the more you think about it, this Phillies team kind of resembles McKeon's Marlins team in some ways, especially at the manager level, because <clears throat> he didn't start that season. He took up, who was it? Jeff Torborg, I think. Yes, dude. Was, yes. Wow, that's a good pull for me. I forgot. Oh, Great I said pull the word right Jeff there. Torborg. Yeah, I believe that is. Yeah. But, you know, they had, like, at that time, their superstar hitter, and he was at the time, Derek Lee. It's like you're, you're kind of like Bryce Harper kind of guy. Like, there's yeah. there's a lot of little comps there. They they run they hit the ball they put the ball in play that's what those those Marlins teams Dude, did because they had Juan Mikey, Pierre Juan Pierre Michael Old guys yeah. that didn't strike out guys that hit doubles that's what this Phillies team really is they they're a consistent yeah. team they hit bombs but that's really that was really more just Schwarber and, and and Harper but they like you say they put the ball in play man they got a bunch of doubles yeah. in this postseason that's if there's one thing if there's one thing I would hang my hat on with the Phillies it's like. Even though they got kind of shut down, whatever their lineup can fight and battle, like better than most, uh, they're definitely better than most postseason teams that jumped in. Right, Stu? You agree with them? Well, Stu, dude, it's just like game one. What's up, Stu? Hmm? Game one, game one. It's just like uh, 
you know, they 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 went down five nothing, but then they strung together some hits mm-hmm. and double. I, I mean, it wasn't like a, yeah, it wasn't like the the home runs weren't getting back into it. It was more like right. you know getting guys on base. Ramiro hits that double in the gap, yeah. boom boom another. You know, so they're a team that they're a team that can hit you, <clears throat> hit you hard, hit you fast, yeah. puts together good at bats. I you know I, I you know you gotta you gotta love that man. Yeah. Um, well, also what they need to do, they, they should, <laughs> they want to get ahead in in one of these games, right? They've been they've been trying to battle back in two straight games. That puts a lot of stress and pressure on your bats and everything like that. You know, being down yeah, so early, it'd be good if they get up a two zero spot. If you're a Phillies fan tonight, you don't you don't want you don't want to play you don't want to play from behind in the World Series. You just don't want to do that. You no. know, um, I think the biggest thing with McCullers too in Game Three, you're going to be facing a lot of curveballs. You know, he throws mm-hmm. a lot of off speed pitches. You know, I want to say like at times fifty percent of his pitches have been. You know, yeah. the curveball variety. So you're going to have to make sure that you're, you know, looking for that pitch, you know, two outs. I mean, two strikes, big situations. He's going to yep. try and put you away with something yep. that's spinning. And he's battle tested. He pitched his ass off in the postseason the past few years. There's a one year where he pretty yeah. much carried them through the postseason for a while until everybody else that's got yeah. hot. Yeah, but colors was your ace. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we think who will win this game tonight? I'm going to go with the Phillies tonight. I don't know why. Are you really okay in Philly? Yeah, I just yeah. think the mo- the mojo, the building mojo. Yeah. If they can get a lead, yeah. if the Phillies get a lead, they're going to win a game. That's the way I look at it. They get a lead and that crowd gets going. But if they get popped in the mouth and it's 3 nothing, they're down again, and you can take that crowd out a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to kind of go with you on this one, bro. Yeah? I like the, I like the Phillies tonight, game three, in Philly. Mm-hmm. That crowd's going to, you know, going to be there ready to go, and... I'm interested to see how McCullers does. Right. He doesn't. McCullers doesn't scare me. McCullers is a really good pitcher, but he doesn't scare me. In the, it doesn't yeah. scare me. You know, he's a guy you can you can get to him. So it's going to be interesting to see what the what the leash is on McCullers tonight. Mm-hmm. What what Bake's going to do? Because you know you know he he left the leash a little too long on Verlander. When Verlander started to get hit, he should have gone gone to get him with having the best bullpen in baseball. Mm-hmm. I think tonight, you know. With with Valdez giving you some length in Game Two, your bullpen's ready to go. I wouldn't be surprised if McCullers is not on a short leash. Good where point. Stuff starts to happen, you're going to see that bullpen in there in a hurry. And I'm sure, you know, with Syndergaard too. You know, yeah, he hasn't pitched at all this year, really. <clears throat> yeah, Syndergaard. he's pitched a little bit in the postseason, one six ninety or eight. Yeah. But like you know, with Syndergaard. I think sometimes he's Jekyll and Hyde, man. Mm-hmm. You could get a guy you're like, man, this guy is just filthy, and then you get a guy where that slider is not biting, and that fastball is 94, 95, and you can get ripped, especially in this at <clears throat> at Citizens Bank Park, man. This mm-hmm. park is not that big of a park, so you know you could have a, a nice fly ball from Alvarez to left center. That's a that's a backup slider. Yeah, it's a three that's run bomb, you know. So so Rob Thompson's going to be have to be on his game too because if Syndergaard doesn't have his stuff mm-hmm. or he's not controlling the zone, I just think both these managers have to be ready to get to that pen. Absolutely, completely agree. All right, one other thing: Did you watch any football last night? By the way, yeah, I did watch a little bit of football. What what games? I thought that the Giants couldn't pull it off. Geno Smith was too much. Huh? Geno is a legit, he's legit, legit starting QB. I mean, he yeah. has battled it out, man. He's battled it out so hard, and then. The other big storyline, like, dude, I, I, I don't know if anybody can beat Philly. Seven and zero, one wide receiver, oh, three dude. touchdown catches. Fields is the Steelers. It made the Steelers look like a really bad team. Yeah, and the other interesting thing is like Dak Prescott is like fully back, and the Cowboys looked as good as 
they looked as good as Philly yesterday. Those two teams are good. And then the freaking Jets finally lose. And then guess what, Jets fans? Buffalo coming to town next week. Ooh. Oh, boy. It could get ugly oh. real fast. Dude, the Bills are good, huh? The Bills are no joke, man. They are no joke. Every facet of the game. They have like they arguably have the best defense and the best offense. Like beat that. <laughs> it's, it's almost they they, they 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 27-17 last night. What's going on with the Packers, dude? They shouldn't have got rid of Devonta Adams. They just shouldn't have got rid of him. I mean, I get it. You don't want to pay for him, but they didn't replace him. Let's put it that way. They didn't replace him with the right guys. What happened? The difference between them and and what's going on with uh the Chiefs is like the, like the Chiefs replaced Tyreek Hill with some pretty high end like veteran receivers. Yeah, Juju Juju Smith Schuster. Yep, yep, and they just did not do that in in uh, in Green Bay. And like wow. you know, as great as great as Rogers is, he just can't do it himself. Yeah. Plus, he's like he's like kind of an innovator, so he needs veteran guys to like kind of. You know, when when he runs out of the pocket, they need to change your routes and do stuff like that. Not to get too in the weeds yeah. with this, man. I know I know too much about football these days, <laughs> dude. No, how about the how about the nine? Hi, Jilly. Jilly's up. I think. Did oh, I good. wake you up? Oh, Justin. I love you. Um, how about the uh, how about the Niners yesterday? Do with Christian McCaffrey? They looked, dude. Dude, bro. They looked all whoa, like whoa. They got McCaffrey. Yep. Like they looked legit, man. That was threw fun. a touchdown pass, ran for a touchdown. <laughs> And caught a touchdown pass. Caught a touchdown. And every one of them was awesome. Dude, people forget how good his dad was. His dad. Dude, he was so good. Eddie McCaffrey. Yep, was a great rally receiver. And his mom his mom was like a world-class sprinter yeah, or something yeah. like that. Dude, he looks like he looks like he could be like had, a triathlete. He has good genes? Oh, my God. Yeah, he looks like yeah. Dude, he's going to be doing that. He'll be doing those crazy things Burns does. And, you know, those, yeah, those ultra-marathon. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey's doing ultra marathons, killing yeah, people. Yeah, riding sharks like in the ocean. Oh, dude, what about what about the Falcons Panthers game when? Dude, that game more, was bananas. More, dude, Mayor ca- Moore caught that hail mary and then took his helmet off. Yes. And they yes. missed the extra point, and yes. then they lost the game because the extra point had to be forty-one yards, I think, forty-one yards. But like, oh, you know, I'm watching that and I'm like. Look, let him have fun, right? If if ba- if baseball players can flip bats over their heads now and now and now in this day and age, then football players should be able to do whatever they want. Like, well, the, well NFL has always been the no fun league, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, mm-hmm. it's it's more fun now than it was a few years ago, and they flagged everything. Yeah, no, exactly. That's true. At least you can do a sack dance, but you're right. That that, that uh, I don't know if. Why can't you take your helmet off? I don't so know. It's a form of taunting. Fights? It's a form of like taunting, God. apparently. Now, meanwhile, the dude, Brown, what's his name from the uh, from the Eagles, catches his third touchdown pass in a double team, and when he lands, the other two, the two guys that were covering him are on the ground, and he just gets in their faces and starts pointing at both of them. But that's not a taunting flag. <laughs> taunting is when I can see your face. I don't understand. Whatever. Uh, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's yeah, ridiculous. Football's still a monster, though, man. People don't dude, care. What, one more. Oh, dude. And what about the? Uh, that's that. But how about the dude? It frustrates me so bad that the, the Lions. Oh, dude. They're I love in, that they're in every game. Watching. I know. Yeah, man. Oh, Gosh, God. they're winning every game. They just can't win the game. That's they're in every single game, and they just can't win them. But they make like Gosh. one or two really stupid plays a game. That's what kills them, I think. But they have a good team. So frustrating. Yeah. So frustrating. They they are like against the spread, like one of the best bets you could make, like constantly. <laughs> But well, they put they put up points too. They're gonna they're gonna cover the over probably usually. Yeah. Oh, well, that For game. Whatever reason they score. Oh, that was like playing like Madden on on the easy that that matchup. Yeah. 
But and you know yeah. what? That's another cool guy, Mariota. Man, he kind of fell off. They thought he was kind of like a bust, and they found yeah. a good spot for him playing Ooh, quarterback. Mariota's doing great. It's like Mariota, Geno Smith. These guys, yeah, are all like the like guys that these big picks a couple years ago. Like ah, these guys yeah. are out of the league, and now they're kind of reinventing themselves. Yeah, that's why quarterbacks are important, man. It's a quarterbacks league. There's no question about it. Um, that's all I got, man. What else you got? Don't you got a meeting? I got a meeting. I got a call at nine. Yeah, me too. All right, everybody. Well, we did it. In the Our dark. Brother. Happy yeah, Halloween, by the way. Happy Halloween. Well, I came in. I came dressed up like a cop. I know. I forgot to put my had, Batman hat on. I had my outfit. I had my outfit ready to go. Yeah. Wow. Irish cop. That's something. Irish and cop. I, and then I and then I come on and then I know. I forgot. I dressed like like Chinch. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a clown suit, huh? <laughs> all right dude we'll do it right, watch man. the game tonight all right all right awesome can't wait bro all have right, a bro. great night tonight brother and i will uh i'll see you tomorrow talk to you later today and i'll see you tomorrow morning yeah. all, right. all right let's go get it love you, bro. <laughs> i love you buddy. See you.